Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Thank you to Pet Sitters Associates and our Patreon members for supporting today's show. Patreon members are those who have found value in the over 400 episodes we have now. And if you have found value as well, if you get something out of the episodes, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support to learn about all the ways that you can help the, the podcast. As business owners, we tend to talk about the numbers and the analytics and what it means and measuring things and, and having goals and doing it the smart way, the, the measurable, achievable, attainable, trackable goals. And we tend to build to what we measure. But if what we are measuring is wrong, we will build the wrong thing. Like we can't always measure what we need to build to. So what exactly are we talking about here? You know, we shape our businesses based on the feedback and the data that we get, whether that's from a yearly client survey or a quarterly employee survey that you send out. We shape our businesses based on that feedback and that data that we get back. We can, you know, put out a social media post and we get several new inquiries. So we put out more social media posts like that. They say, we say, hey, this is, this is what the people like. We're going to do more of this. And so we get more inquiries. But ultimately, though, we are really at the interplay of facts and figures here and and emotions with our customers as well, because it is hard to measure how happy your services make your people. You know, in Time to Pet or other similar softwares, they have the, the happiness survey that the client can fill out at the end of the visit and say, did you do a great job? Did you not do a great job? But if people don't fill those out, we can't really know what they were thinking or feeling. And even if you do send out a questionnaire or they do fill out those surveys, it's never really going to capture the impact that it has on their lives. And then honestly, many times we assume people continue to use our services and and that they're happy because they continue to use us. But it could just be that the client can't really be bothered to switch or you're good enough for them. Yeah, we've talked about that before of the cost of switching to another pet sitter is too high, that they may not be blown away by your services, but they just don't want to take the time or the money or whatever to switch to somebody else. And oftentimes the things that matter are the things that really can't be measured or put into a spreadsheet, like like happiness, genuine happiness for people. Uh, Obviously, you have to do your due diligence. You have to be prudent in your decisions. But at the end of the day, You have to know your customers so well. You have to trust that you know your customers so well that you can't help but help them every single time that you conduct a service. Or like peace of mind. We say we're in the peace of mind business, but how do you measure peace of mind? How do you know I have now given Roxy and her owner peace of mind because I've taken care of them? This is an example of how in our businesses, there are things that can't be measured. And those things are oftentimes the most important to to understand our business. And they're more important than the things that can actually be measured. So again, have that intrinsic understanding of the numbers. But we have to make decisions in areas of uncertainty that come from understanding our clients and their needs. There's the things that they don't say that they want, but that they actually do. And so by, you know, you quote unquote, get them, you understand them, you have that avatar built out so well, that this person, your ideal client is like is second nature to you. You know them as well as you would do a spouse or significant other or a family member, you can kind of predict their next move through all of your market research, all of your understanding of them, your conversations with them and your understanding of how that kind of person operates in the world. Okay, maybe not a spouse, but a really close friend. Okay, fair. That might be a little creepy. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) A really close friend. Yeah, but 
But all of these have a lot of implications, a lot of really important implications for how we run our businesses. Again, this we're talking about this, we have a desire to measure things, we have a desire for the other feelings and emotions, and we can find ourselves building towards the things that we can measure. But again, those aren't always the most important things, or they're not always the most impactful things to our business. So we end up missing out on this whole other realm of connection and business opportunities because it doesn't show up in a spreadsheet. But numbers are important. Metrics are important. So we, we, have, we have guidance that we use when making decisions, and we guide by metrics. We often rely heavily on the data to guide our decisions, to, to say, is this the next step that I should take or not? It could be financial metrics like revenue and profit margins. It could be customer metri- metrics like the happiness surveys. Or it could be operational metrics like production efficiency. Or something like route planning. And while these metrics are important, there is a risk there of doing it incorrectly. If we focus on the wrong metrics, ones that don't actually drive our business success, it can lead to poor decisions and negative outcomes of not happy staff or not happy clients. It can really underscore the importance of selecting what the correct things to focus on. And, you know, you continually evaluate the effectiveness of what you have chosen. Like if you only focus on the number of bookings you get and not where the people are located in your service area, or maybe they're even outside of your service area, you're potentially going to miss running your business efficiently. Or it becoming a business that you don't actually want to be running. If you have a small service radius and you just judge your business of success based off of the number of bookings per month, well, you can grow your business exponentially if you continue to take a business that is outside of your service radius. But that's not healthy. That doesn't set you up for success. And so you actually aren't running the business that you want to be. But because you picked that metric, you think you are. And then even if you've picked the metric, sometimes, as we already mentioned, there are limitations to the data that you can bring into your your business. Not everything critical to your success can be measured and measured accurately. And that's really important to understand that just because you can measure something, that you can put a number on something, doesn't mean that it was measured accurately. You can think of things like company culture, employee morale, brand reputation, customer loyalty. How exactly do you measure brand reputation? You can send out flyers and you can send out forms for people to fill out. But if if you're not asking good questions, if you're not doing it consistently, if you're not hitting in your target market, you're not going to get a good response to that. Again, while all of these can be quantified to some aspect, they're often not done precisely or accurately. And you might need to have some nuances taken into place or you might miss whole interpretations entirely. When we focus on the metrics solely, we potentially lose the ability to be agile and adaptable. We need to be these things in order to shift our focus and strategies based on client expectations and where the industry is going as a whole. And if we are measuring the wrong things, we're going to be focusing on the wrong things and end up maybe in pitfalls or pouring our resources, whether it's financial or time, into the wrong buckets where we need to be going. Again, going back to the, if you just measure by number of bookings per month and you find that number growing, you're going to do the same thing that you did the previous month to jack up your numbers of new bookings. But what you may be missing is that the language that you're using is actually attractive to people who live in a different part of town or live outside of your service area. So you, you, you're not able to adapt and make those changes quickly because you don't have any good information coming on and you're not, having to, you're not being able to look at that correctly. 
And with being adaptable, we need to also be innovative and really visionaries. We are the CEOs of our businesses. We need to sit at the top and, and guide the ship, direct the ship where it needs to go. And sometimes the, the metrics cannot capture these innovative ideas or the visionary strategies that we need to set because they are unprecedented and therefore they can't be measured by existing standards. If we want to go in a completely opposite direction, offer a new service, we don't really have data in order to make that decision. But if we see the tide shifting and going, oh, this is a new direction that I want my business to go, you can do that. Now, you can send out client surveys and and ask their opinion on what they would like to see in your company, and you can do something with that data. You can measure that metric. But at the end of the day, if you are charting a new course for your business, if you're doing something you've never done before, there isn't really a whole lot to back that up with. I'm going to go to an example here from the technology realm of places like Microsoft and really IBM. Uh, these, These companies would send out surveys, and people kept buying their equipment. But but they kept buying them because they were using them. They didn't buy them because they loved them. They didn't buy them because they had a new need for them. And what this kept these two companies from doing was it kept them from innovating because their metric was customer satisfaction, customer sat. And their customers were really satisfied with all of the equipment that they were buying from them. But because they were so satisfied, management was so terrified to change anything, to do something new, to introduce a new chip or a new port or a new screen technology because they didn't want to upset their customers. And this held these these companies back for years and years and prevented them from being able to innovate or accept new technologies into their company, which the customers would have actually loved. They just didn't know about it because the company wasn't able to put it forward. So when we look to our own businesses, when you look at your policies, your procedures, you may feel like your customers really, really love your cancellation policy, but it's not working for you. And if, if, if you're only concerned about customer satisfaction and not your personal happiness, then you're going to miss being able to innovate in these policies and end up feeling like you're you are only beholden to your customers. But because they're satisfied, you have to keep doing that. And that's a really toxic relationship that we find ourselves in, all because we're data-driven and looking towards our customers. So it may not mean that we rely solely on the data and the metrics. And we also don't always go with our feelings that there is a happy middle that we can have a little bit of both and and still make wise choices. Yeah, really a holistic approach to where we have data, we have metrics, and it's used in conjunction. It's used next to, it's in, 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 with, in, in concert with our insight our understanding of our customers so we have more well-rounded decisions so that you still have an opinion about how you run your business. You look at data to either support your opinion or go against your opinion, and then ultimately you could still decide to move in a direction that's opposite of your data because you still feel like it's a good fit. It's re- This is really required, ultimately. This holistic approach, this more balanced, more nuanced understanding of where data fits in versus our feelings and emotions, it, it allows you to have a much better, much more robust strategy and, and, and using of the, the tools and resources that you have at your disposal when you make these kind of decisions. This balanced approach that considers both quantitative and qualitative factors in decision makings leads you to better, making better decisions for you and your business. 
a great decision is Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at PetSitLLC.com. If you would like a discount, you can join when clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional. Use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to checkout. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. So far, we've basically been looking at this at a 30,000-foot view level. So let's break this down into how we can actually apply this into our businesses. How, how can we be careful when building to what we measure? And the, the first one is customer satisfaction. So again, the client surveys that you send out, maybe yearly, maybe every six months, the reviews that you get to the and, and time to pet and other softwares, the happiness surveys. You can build that that reputation and for being attentive and responsive to client needs. If if they are saying, "Oh, I didn't really like when the sitter did this," or "I didn't really appreciate when this it was something was done this way," you can be responsive to that, and it might encourage repeat business and thus referrals. Right. So they're not just paying attention to did they give you a five out of five or a 10 out of 10? How many stars did they give you? But what were the words that were associated with that review, both positive and negative? That's that qualitative nuance that you're able to capture when there are both written aspects and you know, rate me on one, zero to five stars. That, that's okay to have. It's okay to know and understand that. But the real power here, the real strength comes from the, the words that people use. If they start using words like, oh, this person is very, this has, the person has a lot of integrity. I'm trusting this person. If they use peace of mind, you go, okay, I did something right with that person. Let me think about what I did, how I onboarded them, how my updates were that could have led to that. So now I can know what to try again for the next client. Or if you have a really close relationship, you can even ask them, Sure. what did I do to provide you with that trust or that peace of mind? What about my service was exceptional in your eyes? When measuring things, we also need to think about operational efficiency. You might measure the number of pets you can handle in a day or the distance that you can cover for dog walks. But if you don't plan that effectively and efficiently, you're probably going to be off. It's that, you know, also that route planning that is so critical to what we do. Again, if your metric is only number of dog walks a day but not the number of right dog walks a day or the number of dog walks within my service area or the number of dog walks that I want to do. All of a sudden, all these qualifiers, which which we don't always think of immediately, we just think of growth, big numbers, I got to get this. But then you look at how can I implement this and the implementation, that's where I'm really struggling. Well, then I need to back up my data and look at my metrics a little bit differently, make sure I'm measuring them correctly. There's that saying, bigger is better, but that's not always true. And in our businesses, that is definitely not always true because our businesses are so nuanced in that there's so many different pets you could have in different houses and you don't want to be driving everywhere. You really need to make it the most efficient that you can. And that's thinking through everything, not just the bigger and the better is going to get me to where I want to be. How do we avoid the potential for measuring the wrong thing? And again, this comes back to something like an overemphasis on quantity. This is a really good example. Because again, if you focus too much on increasing the number of pets that you handle daily without also considering the quality of your service, this whole process could backfire on you. And you might end up with unsatisfied customers and really stressed out pets. If we build our business towards maximizing the number of pets 
what else are we sacrificing along the way? What else are we losing out on? And realizing that the data, the, the, the quality of service can't really be showing up in a spreadsheet. It's, it's hard to actually do that because we feel that, we see that, and our clients experience that. But the numbers tell us, ooh, we're doing great because now I've got even more people to serve. And then again, we could also be ignoring our soft metrics, solely focusing on our hard metrics like revenue and ignoring those soft metrics like customer satisfaction or pet well-being can lead to you to make decisions that are actually negatively affecting your reputation and customer loyalty in the long run. It can be frustrating, though, because when we can't measure what we need, we we don't really understand it. It's, It's too amorphous to really figure out. So when you get those word of mouth recommendations, they are powerful tools in our industry, and but they're difficult to measure. So when you get those word of mouth recommendations, realize that those really are powerful tools that you can help to ha- on your have on your social media, have on your website. It, they can significantly impact your business. And even though they're difficult to measure, when you do hear from somebody who said, oh, one of your existing clients referred me to you, you know you're doing something right. You know you are, and that is a good sign for your business, even better than that you just got one more client that month. It was, how did I get this client this month? Because that's going to tell me how I'm serving my existing clients. You mentioned something a minute ago. It was pet happiness. (laughs) So how do you measure that? (laughs) You know, the happiness and the well-being of the pets are utmost important in this business. And it's not easy to quantify, but it definitely should be a priority. So how do you do that? Is it just, oh, the the dog wagged its tail at me today and, and didn't hide in the corner? Oh, that's progress. Yeah, it could be. Or if you measure on the FAS scale, or if you do the fear-free approach going, how is this pet behaving and reacting around me today during this visit? How was it yesterday? How was it the day before? What can I do to impact that level, that reaction tomorrow? And really and never and kind of experimenting throughout. Which leads us also to the quality of the interaction that we have with the pets that we come in contact with. It's hard to to quantify that, to measure it, but it is an important aspect that can lead to client satisfaction. If we say, hey, we made this progress today on Fluffy the cat, it was it was not huge progress. I couldn't pet Fluffy, but she was no longer hiding from under the bed. She came just a little bit closer to me. That's progress. Or it could be just reflecting on how you feel. How do you feel like that interaction went? Do you feel like you were running too fast? Do you feel like you were not paying attention? Do you feel like you, or do you feel like you were really focused, that you were really in the moment, that you were really focusing on, on what the pet was telling you? That's a level of quality that you can get. But again, that's hard to show up in a spreadsheet and put a score down and do that for every time. It's just kind of, again, your your intuition is going to be driving a lot of these measurements. You need to know your quality of interaction. You need to know pet happiness. You need to know about word of mouth recommendations. But those are really hard to get at with exact numbers. And then again, understanding if we, even if we can put a number to them, it might not be accurate or it might not be consistent. So we have to reflect a lot on our feelings and emotions and, and, talk, and just have an open conversation with our clients to get to some of this. But there are actionable things that we can do in our businesses, even when we don't have specific quality metrics that we can go back to, we can have a balanced approach. We can focus on the quantitative, so the number of clients or the revenue or the growth, whatever it is for you, and then the, also the qualitative aspects of the customer satisfaction, the pet's well-being. And, and when we combine those, we can build a well-rounded business saying there is a happy medium here. I don't always have to go with the data 100% of the time. And I also don't always have to go with the whims of my clients if it's not something that's aligning with my mission, vision, and values. 
But if you do notice that a client or a few clients are, are trending in a specific direction, you can tailor your services to them. You can offer the, the tailored services based on the unique needs of the pet. Maybe you're finding a lot of the pets that you care for require a specific medication or an insulin shot. You can maybe make a package to tailor to them. It's not always going to capture the standard measurements, but it can be a strong selling point. And you can use it in your marketing and your ad copy and your social media of saying, I specialize in this area. I specialize in cats that need insulin shots. Or even to that particular client who has approached you with something that is a little bit outside of the norm, you taking your experience and expertise and crafting something that's specific to them. And, and one of the ways that you are able to do that is through your training and development, which is a huge aspect of what we do as our, with our businesses, especially when we're trying to balance this data versus this, this, this quantitative versus qualitative measurement. So invest in your training, invest in your development for specifically for pet sitters, for dog walkers, to ensure that you continually provide a high quality service, even though the benefits of doing this kind of education and this investment in yourself might not be immediately measurable in terms of revenue. Understand that it's still going to benefit you because you can tailor your services. Because that quality of care goes up, you know that will eventually impact customer satisfaction, which will impact the number of referrals and your reputation, which will grow your revenue and your bottom line eventually. Which will also build trust. Ah. It's going to build trust with your clients, which is not easily measurable, but it can be a cornerstone for a successful business in this industry. The word of mouth, the referrals, the the social media sharing and the likes and the follows and all of that stuff, it, it builds the trust that your clients and potential clients can have with you. Just because somebody doesn't use your services doesn't mean that they don't trust you. You can have looky-loos on social media that maybe they don't have a pet or maybe they don't live in your service area, but they trust you anyway because of how you run your business. And the last thing that we can do and the kind of a big takeaway from all of this is that you should be actively seeking out feedback and making adjustments regularly collect feedback from your clients and make those necessary adjustments based on that feedback even if some of it pertains to aspects that are not directly measurable. So it could be timeliness, it could be tone, it could be all sorts of things. But whether you're asking for feedback after every single service or after every single travel event or once a month or whatever it is, whatever, however you decide to get that feedback, ask for it. And we have a whole episode about asking for feedback that I'll include in the show notes for how to go about those surveys and some best practices for that. But doing that allows you to get a little bit of insight into people so that you can make those adjustments. And and the best time you want to make adjustments is are when they're really small. Instead of having to make huge major shifts and whole turnarounds in your business and redesigning your business from the ground up, making little adjustments, micro adjustments at a time based off of feedback and data that you're so feedback that you're getting from clients, based off of the data that you're seeing in revenue, number of visits and all that stuff. And based off of your understanding, your interpretation and your what you want in your business. All three of those we have to take into consideration and balance them out from time to time so that we can make those good holistic approaches and decisions in our business. Yeah, it's it's meshing the the quantitative, the numbers, the metrics and also going with our gut and trying to make the two work together as best as we can to run a successful pet business. We would love to know how you have done this in your own pet business. You can email us at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or Look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional. Thank you to Pet Sitters Associates. And most of all, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And thank you for taking your time and listening to this. We will talk with you next time.
Bye. I've been the captain. 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 I've